You are listening to You, Me, and an Album, episode 135. I'm Al Melvior. It's a very challenging tune to be able to play live, believe me. It goes from complication to through detail and all the rest, but it, it's well worth it because it's, it's a great sounding tune. I do believe my band, uh, this might sound like sacrilege and could be contentious, but I do believe that we play a better version of it from something I originally wrote for Genesis. That was Steve Hackett talking about his just-released live album Foxtrot at 50 and Hackett Highlights Live in Brighton. Steve was the lead guitarist for Genesis from 1971 to 1977, and he's released 30 solo studio albums, most recently Surrender of Silence in 2021. On September 15th, Steve released his latest live album, which will be the topic of this very episode. So, Steve, thank you so much for taking some time out right before the start of your North American tour to uh, talk about this album. And welcome to you, me, and an album. Thank you. Thank you, Al. Nice to talk to you. Um, yeah, great to talk about Foxtrot, which is from 1972. Um, uh, the re-record was from Brighton last year. And, uh, yeah, we had a great time doing that. Um, and... Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be be very interesting to see how uh, how it does over here. It's gone to number two in the uh, UK rock charts, uh, which is great for you know stuff which is ostensibly vintage material. Um, it's lovely that it's getting uh, a reappraisal, and um, yeah, it's it's uh, kind of wonderful that it's being received so well all over again. Yeah, no, that that must be incredible. And of course, uh, I've I've been a fan of your work, the the band's work, uh, for well, somewhere in my fifth decade right now. So, right, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who are uh, you know listening to that album and and re- revisiting that material. Uh, and uh, like I said, we will uh, get into that album in some depth. I just do want to uh, point out again that your North American tour is starting pretty much around the time that this uh, episode comes out, uh, October third. And then, Steve, you also recently announced your uh, your dates for next fall in the UK, Genesis Greats, Lamb Highlights, and Solo Tour uh, yeah. for, for next October. So that that announcement preempted a question I was going to have, because since you're doing yes. this, you did this Fox Trot at 50, uh, what was on, on tap for the Lamb? So that's that's pretty exciting news. Yeah, and Lamb Lies Down on Broadway is an interesting album. I, I'm not going to attempt it in its entirety because it's a double album yeah. um, for all sorts of reasons. You know, I, I tend to think that, you know, for me, the classic Genesis albums are Foxtrot and Selling England by the Pound. I think there's the best of the band there. The time when um, uh, John Lennon said that he considered that uh, Genesis were true sons of the Beatles. So that's a wonderful accolade from... You know, it's praise from Caesar, so uh, it doesn't come any better than reviews like like that. Um, and um, so I, I love that. But then there's The Lamb, you know, which is Peter Gabriel's swan song with, with Genesis. Um, I'll probably do maybe five tracks or so from, from that album, but to leave room to do other favourites because, you know... Um, there's a lot of stuff to choose from, not just um, not just Genesis stuff, and it's lovely to keep the flame going for that, uh, but also um, uh, not just to um, uh, keep the legacy going of all that great stuff, but but also to do new stuff and and to honour that as well. So um, I'll be um, I'll be doing some, some new stuff. I, I've just finished a new album myself a studio album as well so i hope that'll be out 
uh, mid-February, uh, the official thing will, 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 will be uh, uh, be announced sometime, probably December, by the time we've done two months of touring of of this vintage stuff, largely vintage stuff. Uh, but then there's the, the odd new, new-ish stuff, with, like the Devil's Cathedral from Surrender Asylum. I waited in the wings with all these precious things. I took his life I, I get to do that, so it's not all, you know, it gives an, uh, a flavour of perhaps what's to come and the kind of stuff that I do, which is not just not just vocal and stories, I keep that going, but also there's, you know, the, the, the instrumental drive from a, from a band that, that, that played the balls off um, the Genesis stuff, and then some, you know, they're capable of, of so much more. So I want to reflect, you know, the capability of the band that I'm, that I'm, I'm fronting here, but I, I love to watch the other guys' performances, and they sometimes take it on their own. They they solo on their own, so there, there's that. Um, they've all got the ability to hold the floor on their own. There's no doubt about it. So this is the, the on the album that's coming out in February or so. Uh, this is the exact same band that you've been touring with, then. Uh, yes, well, uh, an enlargement of that band because there are okay. other people on it. Uh, it, it not the same as, as the touring band, but um, mm-hmm. uh, 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 so the band plus the odd other other guest on it, such as Malik Mansirov, my brother John, um, Amanda Lehman. Um, there might be one or two other little moments and, and quirks and what have you, but uh, yes, it's it's that. So it's newly minted. Uh, the band haven't even heard it back yet, so. Oh wow! Um, I hope I get a chance to play it to them sometime on this tour, and I hope they say, "Yeah, I like what you did with my stuff." Or, <laughs> "What the hell were you thinking? You've ruined my sound, man!" <laughs> As musicians do, or, or, or they go, "Yeah, yeah, that's that's good." Can I have my paycheck? <laughs> Looking forward to that, Steve. Yeah, I wasn't aware yeah. that uh, that was was yeah. going to be coming out uh, in the near future. So that's excellent, but. Um, you made reference to a couple of things I want to want to circle back to. And uh, one was how on this tour, which is now, you know, scheduled for about a year from now, the Lamb tour, yeah. where there's going to be, you know, a relatively small fraction of the songs from the double album yeah. uh, on this, this new live album that you just released. It's very heavy on Voyage of the Acolyte, couple of tracks yep. uh, from Spectral Mornings, not much new stuff at all. So, right. Uh, those two albums that are most represented, was that a choice because they're your favorites, they're fan favorites, both, neither, some other reason? It's a very difficult choice. I mean, I started doing Ace of Wands again because I'd been playing at the Jabi. They wanted to do it. Jabi guys are a Hungarian fusion band, and uh, they wanted to do it live. I said, okay, fine, you know, if, if you know it, that's fine, and they... They played the balls off it and did it at a, at a frantic pace. And I thought, I can barely keep up here, but, you know, I've written this stuff. So I thought, oh, I can see why it, why it works. And we did it live and it went down an absolute storm. And I thought, well, if we can do that, then I can do this with, 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 with my band. And um, they like the idea of doing it.
it's a track that doesn't really stop. It doesn't really falter. So as an opener, we tended to use that. And then I followed it with Devil's Cathedral from Surrender of Silence, which is entirely new. So you go from 1975 to, you know, uh, 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 2000 and whatever it was, 2021, 22. And, uh, you know, um, and, and, uh, and onwards. And then I, I went with things that are our um, favourites. Spectral Mornings was a, was a fan favourite. Uh, Acolyte was a, a fan favourite because it was from the era of me plus Phil Collins, um, Mike Rutherford. So, you know, it's another version of Genesis in a sense. If they became three, then we became three in that in in that way. I was drawing more on instrumentals, more heavily on that because of thinking of myself mainly as a guitarist. Um, uh, so that's that's the reason that I, I have this thing. I I don't know. It it is very tricky um, when you talk about Landmines Down on Broadway. When we first, as Genesis, went out doing Landmines Down on Broadway, there was an insistence on doing an entire new double album. Isn't it wonderful? Yes. <laughs> Where are the fan favourites? Nowhere to be seen. Did it divide the audience? Yes, sir. You know, a lot of people weren't sure about it at, at that time. And of course, it's had time to, it's had decades to bed in and be accepted, etc. But there's still that divisive quality. Whereas I think that, you know, if I went to see The Who, for instance, and uh, last I heard they were playing with an orchestra, but I would be thrilled to see The Who playing My Generation plus an orchestra. Does that mean that the orchestra go out there and smash out their instruments too? Um, <laughs> set fire to the stage. Why don't you guys? Yeah, fine. Um, so that mixture of the, the known plus taking risk, I think, is, is uh, if, you, if, if you can do that, um, I think that's important. So you, my guys get a chance to do improvised solos and um, get to take it on their own. That's, that's important. So I want to put the fire back into Genesis. I think, you know, Genesis with fire is is um uppermost in my mind um plus my stuff with variation and everything that the guys bring to it so if we do something like camino royale from highly strung uh, it's important that the solos aren't the same in the middle you know that's that's so important so half that song goes right off the map and the guys get to show what they can do which is considerable Well, that was actually something I wanted to ask you about why that song in particular really departs from uh, from the original. And so does uh, the version of Los Sendos that's on yes. the album. Yes. Um, uh, now, Los Sendos with Genesis, um, I thought, you know, I, I basically came up with the, the main riff uh, of of Los Endos. So um, those ideas were largely mine. And um, when I saw Genesis playing it a couple of 
years after I'd left the band, I thought, my God, you know, it really is incendiary. This is really good. This is fiery stuff. And um, so in, in reviving that, um, I thought, well, if I'd kicked it off with that, then I could easily segue it with um, something from slogans from um, Defector. Mm-hmm. And so uh, slogans was written to be um, fast and fiery and strong and virtuosic and all, all the rest, you know, uh, every, everyone playing uh, a sort of soloist pace, but doing it with an ensemble. And um, so, yes, it's fast and furious and it's, you know, the guitar does this, it does tapping, but then the keyboards double that with, with uh, uh, and, and, and soprano sax uh, uh, double that with harmony. And so you get that. Um, all, all the windows and channels are open on that one. So that that goes very very well. Then we bring it back to the familiar um, thing that originally came from Squonk and was a reprise of the Squonk melody at the end. But we get it with with jazz overtones over the top. So we've got the power of rock, um, a spontaneous incendiary thing of, of, of jazz soloing over the top and, and, and rock stuff. So that it's like sort of fireworks, really musical, musical fireworks, musical gunpowder. main thing about my show I like to think is whatever you're hearing you hear it with renewed energy and commitment and so like the touch paper and see where it goes next what the guys bring to it keep the keep the arrangements authentic but not slavish so what's the 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 process though so this is is this something that comes out in rehearsal where people just sort of have free reign to to riff on their parts as they see fit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, in rehearsal and and also in sound checks, we'll try something and um, we could try something on the fly. Um, and uh, if it works in sound check, that's a, a, a um, it's rehearsal. But also we know that live it's going to be powerful. So we're you know we're firing on all cylinders. Sometimes rehearsal runs can be very um can be very cold can be very um you know people can't really hear each other properly um uh, things don't really take off you don't really get the full power of the drums but when you've got a pa going and you're thundering away tiptoeing through that thunder at times to try and keep your balance um that can work very well and, and, and speaking of what you can do on a stage before shows the new album that I've been working on, we recorded the drums live very often in for those new songs, um, using the hall ambience to get you to get a heavier drum sound and also to be ahead of the game because there hasn't been as much time for recording as I'd wanted in the studio. So um, live and studio to blur those those two separate 
locations has been uh, that's been important. So a bit like filming on location. Well, we've got this glorious scenery. Let's <laughs> let's uh, let's use it in the, in the audio sense of the word. Okay. Uh, well, there is one other track from the the Hackett highlights uh, portion that I wanted to ask you about. Uh, which is Every Day, which is a song yes. that I imagine you've been playing on every tour or almost every tour since you recorded it. Um, and it's it's pretty faithful to the original, but it does rock a bit harder, uh, not only yeah. than, than the studio version, but I went and saw you and your band on the Total Experience Tour and yeah. even compared to that version... Uh, yes. But you have a different rhythm section now than you did then. Yes. So I don't know if that uh, is responsible for some of that difference. But uh, yeah, I'm just interested in, in how that evolved. Yes. Uh, well, you mentioned the, the, the changed rhythm section. And uh, of course, we've got uh, Craig Blundell on drum, drums, who's a monster. And um, and a Jonas Reingold on bass, who's also a monster. So if you just listen to the bass and drums on anything, um, you realize that the energy has gone up exponentially perhaps um and um they are extraordinary i i i watch them every night sometimes they'll do a, a drum and bass solo together and i'll be going well wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's extraordinary yeah well and it'll before you know it it's over and it's into the one two three four and in bam and you know it's that can be extraordinary um yeah, so it's quite a band. I, I don't think there's a better band out there right now. Um, they absolutely thunder, and they amaze me every night. So um, uh, I'm happy to be a fan of theirs. That's how I <laughs> I see it. Uh, well, so Jonas, you mentioned, and he uh, replaced uh, Ron Stott, and they both were members of the Flower Kings, correct? That's right, yes. Yeah. And, and the... the um, the album is mixed by Chris Lord Algy. So, you know, you've got American, you've got English, you've got Swedish, two Swedish guys, uh, Nad Silver on vocals, um, uh, 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 Jonas Reingold. Um, uh, and of course, in an earlier incarnation, we had, we had uh, Rona Stoltz, so, um, who's a great guitarist in his own right and was helping us out on bass at the time. I was so aware that he was so overqualified to be doing that. I didn't want to relegate the guy that, that great you know uh, to um so we, you know we did a little bit of guitar swapping and and, uh, and uh uh back then with the, the the total experience which i think we used with uh, after the ordeal but i got the chance to you know uh, play play as he does with, with guitar which it which is his his main thing Sweden has been um, great at that. So we've we kind of got, I was going to say an Anglo-American thing, but it, 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 we've crossed Crystal and Algae mixing it, but then we've also got Sweden as well. So really we have to say Scando-Anglo-American. It's, it's um, you know, a bit of a United Nations 
there. But Chris has done a great job mixing it. Uh, it's a great performance by guys who play wonderfully. Uh, but also, it's it's uh, it's a very interesting mix. It that the mix sounds very very good. I think it's the most powerful of all the live albums that I've done. Uh, this this is the one that that um, shows its it, it's it's real punch, and uh, it's gone to number two in the UK rock and metal charts. So I'm I'm uh, you know once again all those choices have validated themselves with with fans and um it's live in brighton and we bring this show in its entirety to to uh the states and canada now yeah fantastic well and uh as for the foxtrot portion of the show uh one of the songs that's featured is can utility and the coastliners and my recollection and steve you tell me if i've got this wrong uh, for the Total Experience Tour, I think you had said on stage that either Genesis had never played it live or maybe played it just once. So am I remembering yeah. that correctly? I seem to remember that in 1972, it would have been, I believe, uh, that we played it at about two shows where okay. three people showed up and we thought it was too difficult and we we bent it, which, which was a shame because actually... Uh, it's a very good number, but at that time I was switching guitars and barely had time to get from twelve string to electric for the end. But um, it's a, it's a very challenging tune to be able to play live. Believe me, it goes from complication to through detail and all the rest. But it's it's well worth it because it's it's a great sounding tune. I do believe my band. Uh, this might sound like sacrilege and could be contentious, but I do believe that we play a better version of it from something I originally wrote for Genesis. And it's it's something that, that works wonderfully with this band. Of course, Foxtrot was never played in its entirety by Genesis. So certain tracks such as Can Utility, Timetable, and, and Horizons, those tracks that I consider to be the Cinderella tracks that didn't really get a chance to go to the ball back in the day, now get a chance to be... Um, the restitution is complete. There it is. <laughs> it's the entire thing. People that know the album will know exactly what's coming next with the odd little variation, but essentially, you know, what's on the packet is what you get. But I think much more powerfully delivered than the album that back in the day was, you know, kind of kind of rushed and and um, compromised by, you know, various things. But I, the power is in is in the writing. I think that's why that was a watershed album for for Genesis. And I, as I probably mentioned, you know, <clears throat> John Lennon had given an interview around about that time saying he thought that Genesis were true sons of, of the Beatles. So I think for that, for that reason alone, it's, it's worth preserving this stuff and saying, yeah, you know, um, I don't want it to be an abandoned place or an untouched thing, you know, a fallow field. Um, uh, this, this is really great stuff from an era where I think that Genesis was 
trying very hard to make it. The band wasn't quite there at that point, but as Chris Welch said, you know, interesting, when a band are in development, they're at that interesting stage before they're about to break big. And so mm-hmm. this is what Foxtrot is. It's it's a band, you know, plumbing the, not exactly the depths, but really, you know, thinking with their veins to see what they can come up with, trying very, very hard, especially as writers, to try and make something that... Um, was maybe a little bit beyond our fingertips to be able to perform that precisely. But, you know, with all these years later, it's possible to do a, um, uh, a version that, that perhaps shows, shows the experience. And, uh, and for you to say that, you know, they weren't quite, Genesis wasn't quite at the, the height of their powers with, with Foxtrot. Yeah. And, and yep. you know, it's it's understandable because what what followed, uh, particularly with selling in by the pound, is I know it's a lot of people's favorite Genesis album. Uh, yep. I have a hard time picking a favorite, I will admit, but it's it's in the rotation. Yes. But I mean, that's you know that's a really hard standard to meet. But yet, when you listen to something like Watcher of the Skies or Can Utility or Supper's Ready, it's hard to imagine how those could have been better. But and I, I agree yeah. with you about Selling England. I think it, it's a golden period for Genesis. As far as I'm concerned, that's classic Genesis. Those two albums are the ones I'm most drawn to. I think, you know, I loved all the tracks that you're talking about, uh, you know, for various reasons. And Selling England, of course, I think by then there was a growing confidence in the playing that came to the fore. Whereas I think uh, Foxtrot, in terms of uh, the maturity of the writing, and, and, and writing that was so broad-based, everything from science fiction to um, the influence of early music and uh, church music meets syncopated American music. And so all of those things that created the tensions uh, of that, um, it's a very original-sounding album, even from the first note. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely is. Uh, so you had already alluded to the fact that you say that you think that the the version of Can Utility that your your band is playing live is is an upgrade over the original. Which track from Foxtrot, and maybe it's that one, but which track from Foxtrot do you think has benefited the most uh, from your band's treatment of it? Uh, well, I think um, there's there's so much of it. It's it's very difficult to say. I think. Doing um, almost note for note um, the stuff at the beginning, uh, a Watcher of the Skies, being able to do that with a band that can pull it off with the power that that they muster, I think is is pretty much hard to beat. There's something about it, you know, it's like it's like an army coming at you. You know, it's um here they come and here they come again. Uh so um yes, it's solo, but it it, it isn't, you know, it's it's yeah, we, we did it once, but here's another band lineup that is equally strong, if not more so, and um uh, with players who are the best, so uh, I don't think anyone can can uh, say anything. I guess you know the quality of playing, the precision, the power, all of that. So um, 
I'm very proud of this of this particular band, and so I've got the best of both worlds with solo and 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 the Genesis canon to draw from. Well, I just have one last question for you, Steve. That uh, sure. doesn't have anything to do with uh, with this album or, or Genesis, but yep. what is an album that you love um, that you would want others to know about that might surprise people? That is an it's an album that you love. Oh goodness me! By someone else you're talking about. Co- by somebody else, correct? Oh my god, um, <laughs> that's a tricky one. Um, oh my god. Well, there's one that comes to mind um, that I think. Um, of course, you know, um, Gary Brooker passed recently mm-hmm. and uh, we were just getting to know each other just before lockdown. And so we didn't get a chance to hook up and, and, and spend time together. But I was very enamored with his work with uh, Progo Harum and um, none more so than the album um, A Salty Dog, which... I think was a huge influence on Genesis. You'll 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 hear it in the in the um, the guitar work. You'll hear it in the keyboard work. When you knew that I had given all the kindness that I had, did you think that it might be time to stop? Uh, I think you know that one. That may be a surprise of people. I don't know, but I think of them. You know, in the pantheon of great progressive stuff that has to be up there all right all right well uh yeah interesting answer and i will uh, definitely go check that out on, on your recommendation then so steve uh just want to thank you so much for your time and before we uh wrap this up uh want to make sure that people uh if they aren't already following you that they they know where to go and to certainly keep up with all of your tour news uh and the uh the release news with your new album. So uh, you are on Twitter slash X, whatever you want to call it uh, at Hackett official. You're on Instagram at Steve Hackett official. And then all that tour information, um, the back catalog, all that is available on your website, hackettsongs.com. Have I missed anything or any place? No, I think, I think, I think you've got it there. If there's anything (laughs) missed, uh, you've been very, very thorough there. So thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, then just to let everybody know, you can find me on Twitter slash X at AlMelkYourBB, on Blue Sky at AlMelkYour.BSKY.Social. And then the show has accounts on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and threads at Album, And that's where you can find out who's coming up next on the show and what album they're going to discuss. And then finally, the Substack, YumiAlbum.Substack.com. So Steve Hackett, this has been an absolute p- pleasure for me. Uh, I wish you the best of luck with the tour and the uh, the upcoming album and looking forward to all of it. Thank you so much, Al. Lovely talking to you. Thank you so much. Likewise. All the best. Thank you. Thank you. Same to you. And thank, thank you, you all for uh, tuning in. And I'll be back in a week's time with another guest and another album. So until then, everybody, please do listen to some great music. Mm-hmm.